Hello, everyone. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. This is the Rumble Over the Thunder podcast. We are back after what is a long winter, and with it being so cold outside, it's hard to talk racing, but we're going to attempt to do it anyway. Andy Monday, how are you, sir? Good. I was thinking about this uh, earlier today. Uh, three months ago, it was 95 degrees at the Tundra <laughs> Dells finale at the Dells. Can we have like and just uh, 60 degrees of that back? Now today, I'm outside working and it's minus two. So. Oh, it was brutal. Dan Strong, how are you? Uh, doing quite all right. Are you staying warm? Trying to. Yeah, I don't have a very good winter jacket. I lost the liner out of my current one. And, uh, yeah, it doesn't do too well without a liner anymore. Ladies and gentlemen. What size are you, Dan? Yeah, Dan Strong is looking Excel. for a jacket. Oh, I got a jacket for you. Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll hook you up. Yeah. It might be My Little Pony or something. Is that cool? Yeah. Chicago Bears? No, no. Uh, men's XL, not oh, uh, girls oh, XL. Got it. Got oh, it. That's too bad. Well, since the last time we talked, uh, not too much happening in the world of racing, but we all did get our chance to take a trip to the PRI show, or at least, Andy, I know you were there. I didn't get to see you. Uh, how'd it go for you? What'd you find? Um, we had a good time. We got in uh, late Wednesday night and then went to the show pretty much uh, all day Thursday and a uh, good portion of Friday. Um, sat in on a few seminars, one of the ones we sat in. Yeah, initially. I did see you were you were taking pictures. You're doing a lot of learning there. <laughs> yeah, I think that was just to show um, the wife back home that we weren't <laughs> just sitting in the bar the whole time. Business but trip. We did that too. But no, um, it was good. Um, we did pick up a few things that we can apply to our program, which is always good. There were some other seminars we sat into, which were kind of the same as they've been the last three or four years, um, which was just kind of repetitive sales pitch type stuff. You're going to get mm. that too. Um, but overall, good time. Got to see a lot of uh, people that you race with throughout the summer and see or talk to online that you don't always um, get to interact with in person. And um, check out all the new products, which I'm sure you took a ton of pictures for. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, it was a good time. It's always fun down there. Yeah, it's a really neat place. Dan, did you get to make the trip down there? No, I didn't. One of these years you got to head down there, man. I think next year might be my year to have my first year down there. Good day to do that is Saturday. I got there early Friday morning, and I could not walk through <laughs> the show, which is a really good indication of where racing is right now. You know, a lot of people say, oh, racing's on the downtrod and things are not good, but – if you really want to gauge the health of the sport, go to PRI and try to walk around. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's, uh, it's very busy. You're 100% right on that. Friday afternoon, very busy. And for people that don't know what the PRI show is, it's it's basically a SEMA show for motorsports. Mm-hmm. And anybody and everybody that has something to do with racing, whether it's drag, circle track, dirt, asphalt, um, any product you can think of, they have a representative there um, pushing products. There's probably... 20 different vendors of bump stops and you know 10 different companies that sell scales and trailers are outside it's it's pretty pretty amazing to take it all in and you could walk around that show all three days eight to five and you still won't see everything yeah the neat time to kind of walk around there and i took advantage of this this year is the saturday portion they open it up to the public uh in the morning it gets really busy but it starts to thin out a little bit in the afternoon so if you're one of those like last minute people that wants to go and check out the show last minute uh, that's a really good time to do it because a lot of the vendors are winding down a little bit. There's not quite as many people there, so if you want to go ask some questions, they're still there. Uh, it ends up being a pretty good time to do it. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. And, you know, by, by the time it's winding on Saturday, what does it end at, 4 Saturday? Yes, where it's yep. like 5 the other days. 
um, they're getting ready to get wrapped up and get out of there. Cause it's oh, a yeah, long they're week. tearing down a little bit already. Long yeah. week for those guys too, but no, you're exactly right. I mean, we're, we're all racers and you look at parts and catalogs and you can read the verbiage of what this is supposed to do or how great it's supposed to be. But when you can get face to face with the guy who actually developed it or the person selling it and get specific questions answered to how it applies to your application, um, that's where you can really start to apply things to your program versus, well, I just put this on because so-and-so has it and he's faster than I am. You know, yeah, and, and really, too, to the point of who goes there, it doesn't just necessarily have to be a super late model or a late model driver or anybody that runs the more uh, expensive classes. I mean, if you're a street stock guy, you're running a stock class, there's still a lot you can get out of going down there and checking out some things. Absolutely. Yep, all divisions. So, yeah, we'll get you down there, Dan. Yeah, I think you have a good time. You know, even if you don't get into all the technical mumbo-jumbo stuff, I mean, there you've probably seen you at least still 10 super lates. Yeah, you can still cars. come sing karaoke at the bar with me afterward. <laughs> you don't want to hear that. Oh, I, I don't know what happened, but the seas parted, and I got to sing so much karaoke. <laughs> it was fantastic. Were you at the I, Tin Roof? I believe that's where it was, was it? yeah. We yeah. were there the night so before bad. with Dalton and Strelka. Okay. And we ran um, into some local guys. By, by the way, Bubba Pollard is now an official fan of Wisconsin racing. We were hanging out with him quite a bit, uh, Bubba and his crew guy, Mark. And uh, we were working him over pretty hard to get him up for a couple races next year. And it sounds like he's thinking about the Dixieland. So uh, you might there might be a Bubba Pollard siding at Kakana. Yeah, that'd be cool. Point. He was up here, what, three races this year? Slinger Nationals he won. Yeah, he's, he was at lacrosse. He did say he was coming back to Madison. That one okay. sounded like a pretty definite one for the sheer race. But uh, I think he wants to come to Kakana pretty bad. So yeah. if you're waiting on your Bubba Pollard siding at WIR, it sounds like you might get your chance in 2018. Yeah, that'd be cool to see. He's uh, strong everywhere he races. He just... Uh, He's got a good program and a good team, and even like Slinger this year, I think he surprised a lot of people um, because he didn't run as well as he had hoped. I was before. really surprised, but he came, he tested, he did his homework, and he got his crap together, and they came up here and ran well. Yeah, and he said about I think he wants to go back to lacrosse next year too, and he said that track's not going to fool me again. I, I don't think he did too bad, but um, he's going to come back with some vengeance in mind for Oktoberfest next year. Uh, before we move on, I know we want to talk about the Snowball Derby a little bit, but I have a question for you, Andy. Uh, I think one of the things that was uh, maybe a source of controversy or definitely a discussion piece out of the uh, 2017 PRI show was the five-star body. New five-star body being unveiled. Um, some people have said it's okay for next year. Some haven't. In Tundra, we're going to allow it. Uh, what did you think? Um, there's definitely pros and cons to it. Um, it's definitely more appealing to the eye. Uh, it was time for kind of an updated, fresh look, and that's the reason they started to design it. I think there's a lot of questions out there right now. Um, how does it compare to the current body? And um, I believe ABC is supposed to do some testing on it January 12th. Mm -hmm. They're doing to, a wind tunnel test. Yeah, yep. to actually approve it. So I think... Once we get to that point where ABC signs off on it and it's approved body, I think everybody can kind of get over their anxiety about it um, and you'll probably see it move forward. Um, the challenging part is is the people who have the current bodies, what do you do with them? Are parts still going to be available? Is the pricing going to stay consistent? I think there's a lot of questions around that part of it. And, again, it's probably things that – we are, as racers, overly concerned about um, because uh, I think it'll just kind of work its way in and it'll be fine in the long run. 
Yeah, and I was talking to Five Star a lot about that, and they did have us in March uh, go down and take a look at that body. And uh, a lot of the questions that are arising are, are ones that they've answered that they're going to keep the current body around for a while as well. So if anybody has to get those parts and pieces, uh, shouldn't be an issue. And the wind tunnel con uh, testing seems to be pretty consistent as it is right now. The only thing is is that most of the data that they have now is off of a nose uh, from two years ago. So the testing that they're going to do now, they figure that things are going to be pretty even up with the way that they designed it. So uh, all should be pretty interesting. I'm looking forward to seeing some of these out on the track. And I think one thing for me that um, maybe if you really want to look at it, the aerodynamics, things like that, you might think, oh, is this body going to be an advantage? Well, when you're racing at tracks like Golden Sands and State Park and things like that, not really that big of a deal. Kakana, it might be a little bit. But, you know, we're not racing at Talladega here, so <laughs> I don't think the aerodynamics would be too huge of a deal. You'd be surprised when you go to those wind tunnel tests, some of the things that you yeah. find out. Yeah, a lot of people put a lot of stock into aerodynamics, even at the short track level. And like you said, Kakana, Lacrosse, you know, Madison, those are the tracks where it makes a bigger deal at than your Wausau's and Norway's, mm -hmm. Jefferson. You know, you've seen guys tear a right front fender off and the hood comes off and they still... You've seen what Casey Johnson's car looked like when he won at Rockford a couple yeah, of years ago. Yeah, there's another track. Yeah, exactly. But, no, the other benefits to it that maybe are kind of getting overlooked is um, they did make the roof wider. It's 18 inches wider than the current roof, and part of the reasoning for that is to give more room for the driver to get in and out of the car with the full containment seats and everything we're running now. Um, it is a little tighter getting in and out of these cars, especially when you add 10 pounds of holiday weight like myself yeah and i've noticed uh <laughs> but uh the, there are a lot of the driver's side roll bars hanging out of these bodies now too that seems to be a pretty common occurrence yeah so the the new roof will make it a little bit wider for drivers getting out you know especially in the event that there's a fire or something else you want to be able to get the driver out safely um with that being said on the fire side they did make the whole greenhouse area in and around the roof is all fire retardant mm -hmm. material which it currently is not um so that was another move they did and they did save some money for all the racers, too. Um, right now, currently, our hoods and roofs, they make a standard, and they make a lightweight option on all that. And it's about a $300, $400 difference between the two. And most guys are running the lightweight stuff because they're saving the weight and being able to put right. it in places. With the new body, they came out and said, you know what, we're just going to save everybody money. We're just going to make a standard greenhouse roof. We're not even going to give the lightweight option. So that kind of reduced the cost on that for everybody as well. Um, the people that I've kind of been thinking about, and I bounce this off of one of them, is uh, the vendors. How are they taken to it? So I talked to Dave from Right Foot. Um, you know, currently they stock things like a Toyota, a Chevy, and a Ford Nose, mm -hmm. and then they stock it in white and black, and then they have doors and whatever. You know, you can go into a Race Tech or a Right Foot um, and buy, pick up these parts. Mike Butts Racing up in Green Bay. What are they going to do now that we have old bodies and new bodies? Now are they going to have to stock all the components, black and white, old and new? I mean, that's taken up a lot of inventory, and mm -hmm. it's taken up a lot of room in their places to do that. So, you know, it's almost kind of case by case. They're going to have to kind of look at their customer base, see who's running what, and kind of stock accordingly because it's not cheap. to. I mean, if you just need a hood from Five Star and they got to ship it up, you're going to pay $90 in shipping or mm -hmm. something ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so you don't want to alienate all your local vendors, too, from being able to go pick up parts when you need them. You wreck on Thursday and you want to race the next week. 
you're trying to find something on Friday or Saturday, you know. Right. Yeah, I mean, uh, very good point. Should be really interesting to see. I don't know uh, who's going to have one of those bodies uh, this year. I would imagine that we're not going to see a huge influx of these things. You're probably at any given point going to see maybe three or four in a field. Uh, but, you know, we'll we'll see how they stack up. Yeah, and racing is a monkey-see-monkey-do sport. Right. So if we get to that Tundra opener race and let's say Bobby Kendall's got a new body on his car and he goes out and sets fast time, now everybody's ears perk up, you know, that, oh, maybe I got to get that. So maybe we'll see it the other way, though. Maybe we'll see guys running the old body, running just as fast as they were previously, and it's competitive. Um, but, yeah, I think a lot of this will get sorted out like you said, in a couple weeks, January 12th, with the ABC testing, um, provide some data, some information to everybody, mm-hmm. kind of alleviate some of those uh, concerns that one has an advantage over the other. Right now it's just more perception than reality, I think. Speaking of perception, it is perceived that Kyle Bush is pretty damn fast every time he shows up at a short track race. And, well, he kind of took care of business at the snowball. Now, admittedly i didn't really watch but i kind of went back and read some of the highlights and things like that it sounded like he was kind of a non-factor until the second half of the race yeah um i didn't get a chance to watch the race i didn't run it on um on speed 51 or anything like that um but a couple people that went down there mark allen lauren leach they listened to the podcast they kind of said the same thing dennis chase was down there as well um from the 47 team that uh the KBM cars kind of struggled throughout practice time trials from where they are historically. And when, when we say struggled, they're eighth, they're yeah. seventh, you know, <laughs> not, they're, they're not, not a fu- second ahead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So just from historically where they've been, but, um, you know, the Kyle's team that he did a good job saving tires and making the car last till the end and just kind of started picking away. And he got by, correct me if I'm wrong here. Uh, the nine car the was lead. it Choquette in the nine yep, car? Jeff Choquette. Okay. Yep. Yep. He got by him um, at the end of the race to end up winning. And speaking of local people, Ty Majeski was yeah, down there. Yeah, it sounded like he had the car, one of the cars to beat anyway, but uh, just kind of an unlucky call in the pits. Yeah, so for those of you that didn't catch that, uh, I believe he was running in the top three or top five. There was a caution. There was a question, should we come in and take our tires now? Should we wait? Um, they gambled to wait on tires, anticipating that there would be another caution because historically it's there the has snowball been. derby yeah <laughs> and sure enough they don't do it and they go on a green flag run of 70 80 90 whatever it was laps um and ty ended up falling two laps down just based on that alone so they took a little bit of a gamble and it didn't pay off but i mean how many times have we seen toby and ty take a gamble the other way and it did right. pay off so it's just one of those things that happened down there for them. Yeah, and I'm sure he'll be back to try to take care of business. And, dude, I don't know if we mentioned this on the last podcast, but uh, obviously Ty's now got a pretty good deal going with Roush. He's going to be one of the three drivers in that in the 60 car next year, correct? Yeah, he's splitting it with two other drivers. Is it uh, was Briscoe? Briscoe is one of them. Briscoe. Briscoe and, um, I can't remember who the other one is. No. So it's a name that you'd know. That uh, has been. Matt's going to pull it up on his phone. We're going to check here real quick. But no, great opportunity for him. So he'll probably get eight, ten, twelve, depending on how they split it up um, in that sixty car for Roush and um, third, third, and third. So what is it, thirty races or something like that? So ten races. And he looked good at Homestead. I mean, the the first qualifying session, he was on the top of the board for a little while and um, had a solid run and stuff going down there. So I expect, you know, with that team, you know, they'd be just as competitive as uh, they've ever been. Austin Sindrick. 
That's will be the third. Okay. Yes. The 19 truck from last yep. year. Yep. I uh, I actually was listening to the radio for the 60 car down at Homestead, and the entire time they were saying, today is all about making sure that we're a good car for weekly shows next year. I yeah. don't want to push it to the limit. We just want to get everything fixed on it this year. That way we can go out next year and have a good show. And really, uh, you know, we don't get too much into NASCAR here, but uh, a lot of us follow it or have followed it at one point. Uh, the the condition that Roush Racing is in right now is nowhere near where it had been in the past. And you look at these guys, Sindrick, Briscoe, and Tymajeski, if Roush is ever going to make it back to what they used to be, these are – these are guys that can do it. Oh, yeah. And I Absolutely. think those were Jack Roush's words. Don't quote me exactly, but he said, alluded to something like that to Ty, that we need you as much as you need us. Right. Uh, they're yep. saying to get Roush turned around, we need guys like with your knowledge base and your driving ability to help write this shit. And I believe they just let Robbie Reiser go too, didn't they? I uh, didn't let him go, but he's – not a uh, not working on cars anymore, if I remember okay. correctly. He's uh, some like a VP or something like that. He's gotcha. I, I moving thought up. I had heard that he was moving back here to the area. Would wouldn't that be interesting to have Robbie Reiser <laughs> back here in the area? We're pulling up the phone again. Yeah, speaking of NASCAR, that's the other rumor with Matt Kenseth uh, saying his farewell to NASCAR after Homestead. There's been a lot of rumors swirling around. Well, is Matt going to race around here next year's Pathfinder? Build him a new car. What you know? What's going to happen with that? And so far, there really hasn't been anything kind of decided, mm. and you almost think with the way things ended in NASCAR, Matt would probably just kind of take a hiatus. Um, you know, he's got a kid on the way. He's already got a couple kids, two, three kids, if you count Ross, and, yeah. um, you know, might just not be in the scene anymore. But who knows? It's another name that gets thrown around that you could see at a Dixieland or a Slinger Nationals or if, if something comes up next year. I could okay, see him doing were, the one-offs. Yeah, you were, you were right there, Dan. He is uh, apparently out as general manager but was offered another role. So We'll see what that role is yeah. moving forward. Is that be something to get Robbie Reiser back here doing short track cars again? That would be kind of crazy. When, when Robbie raced around here, I was probably 10 years old. He drove the number 71 Bob Fish right. Pontiac car with the big slant dirt nose. Camaro Brad Miller was in. telling stories about that car at the uh, Dirt <laughs> Kings banquet. Bob Abbott's uh, J- Jason Schultz, who owns the Dirt Kings with his wife Sandy. Uh, Sandy's dad is Bob Abbott's, who used to tech for Artco. And apparently Brad brought that car around to Artco shows right away after he purchased it from Robbie Reiser, and uh, Bob was not a fan of it as a tech man <laughs> yeah i can imagine but yeah he's sharp you know that's definitely uh another sharp guy that came out of wisconsin that went somewhere yeah well robbie if you're listening we wouldn't mind seeing your wrench on some race cars around here just uh you know be kind to the tech people <laughs> they're people too they have yeah, feelings don't, don't uh don't pull a bob voigt with your tech or with your cars with those tech people yeah, Are you talking and, PT Cruiser here? And by yeah. the way, Andy, let's talk about the PT Cruiser because <laughs> I have been seeing some Facebook posts uh, from the Schweitzer gang, and uh, they're coming after you a little bit. I mean, it's all good fun, but y- y- you put some hurt into that 523. Yeah, see, they let me drive this PT Cruiser at the Enduro, and we talked about the Enduro on the last podcast, and got a little roughed up on the fender and the transmission. Um, so, yeah, they're fixing it up to run the New Year's Day Enduro, which is next week or on Monday. Yeah, it's just yeah, a few quick, days away. It? It's going to be five degrees out there. Um, but, yeah, Bob's going to be uh, racing that on, on Monday out there. And, um, no, those guys are 
it's all in good fun. You know, I even threw a jab at Wenzel that one of the transmission gears was hanging out, laying on the ground, that he might have had something to do with that. <laughs> so we go back and forth, but, no, it's all good. Yeah, that enduro, uh, it sounds like there are actually going to be some Kekonigas in there. Uh, Brazen Bennett, he's a big enduro fan lately. It sounds like Lowell's going to race in that, too, and I heard he even Austin Nason was coming up for that. I saw Austin really? Nason's name yeah. in as well. Hmm. So I think this one's going to be a lot different than last year because if you paid attention to last year, they dumped a bunch of water on the track and turned it into an absolute mud pit because it was pretty warm last year around this time. Uh, this year, I would imagine it's probably going to be very hard and yeah, icy, I don't, <laughs> I don't which think I think is probably track. what they want. I don't think they're going to have to worry about water. But, yeah, I, I'm not a dirt prep expert by any means, but I think last year – they watered the track evenly, but one and two was in the sun, and three and four was not, mm-hmm. and that Ooh. created some conditions that yeah, were not favorable. Cars were getting stuck and things like that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> well, that's why they're enduros. And have you seen the videos out of Tomahawk lately? No, I haven't. Do you I see haven't. what they've done to that track? Uh, they're having the the snowmobiles come in, uh, a snowmobile touring series, and they've put, I believe, about ten inches of ice on top of the track and they put blue in it so it's it's just this beautiful blue hue of ice around tomahawk speedway and they're going to be racing snowmobiles there this week awesome. so uh, yeah check it out on their facebook page it's that'll be cool. right up uh potter's alley ain't it uh i do believe cardell potter is part yeah. of the uh, and jerry brickner it sounds like as well so a couple of super late model guys cardell from Potter's there, yeah. a former uh world snowmobile champion i believe he is yeah yes he is up so. at the eagle river tracks yes. so uh, there is still some racing going on, but uh, for me personally, not going outside. Well, you did outside. some ice racing last year with Dalton, didn't you? Or was it that was two a years lot ago? of fun. So I will suggest this. If you folks do get the itch and don't mind going out and being a little on the cold side or a lot on the cold side, uh, there are a couple places that do the ice racing. Uh, and, and normally it's it's four cylinders, six cylinders, eight cylinders, front wheel drive, rear wheel drive. Uh, they'll put the studs and spikes and things in there. Um but they're a lot of fun to watch, and from time to time, yeah, there we go. We got so that, that's actually your race up in Marinette that I have on my laptop currently. <laughs> okay. So the one that you were uh, – I was not at that one. They did that one a week after I was there. That was the night race. I was February there during 11th? a day. Yeah, I was there during a day race. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, that's right. You yep. were there the week before. Yeah, yeah. but uh, that's up in – just uh, in Marinette. It's kind of by the Walmart right off the bay there. Oh, sure, uh, I know uh, But they also do uh, – down at Buffalo Lake uh, toward Montello, and then out on Shawano Lake as well. Uh, they do the ice racing. So, um, Fire on ice. Yeah. it's. Uh, I'm, I'm going to tell you this. In retrospect, that day was a lot of fun. Being out there in the cold, not so much fun. But uh, if, you can, if you can shield yourself from the cold, if you're not a wimp like me, it's definitely a really nice way to spend a Saturday, get to see some race cars. It is fun. I will say that. Yeah, and you'd be surprised. You see a lot of racers there. Uh, Brett Wittes was there. He was running a car when i was up there yep. too, i remember so. tj smith took his mod a few years ago yep. and lexi ashcraft they just bring yeah. them out there run them why not yeah if they're good to we go got them. i would love to see a number 10 super late model out on that uh, that one's fun. not ready uh, i think that would be pretty cool but uh yeah you got that coming up and got another mo- uh, month and a half to go yeah, until sure. that so uh, well i would <laughs> imagine they they got to be starting that pretty soon they might get a little bit of an early start this year with how cold it's been yeah that's yeah, true they're making ice today and tomorrow and next yeah, week and sure. the week after yeah it's uh it's gonna be a good season out there on well, the yeah. ice that should be for sure i but think the highest temperature i've seen for the next two weeks is 12 yeah. yesterday uh, so. it was warmer in both anchorage alaska and the south pole <laughs> than appleton so 
shouldn't be too hard to make ice out yeah, there. Well, then what am I not doing in Anchorage, Alaska? I should. Well, it was only 11 up there, but I mean that's better than the negative four. Yeah, but don't isn't it dark up there all the time now? Yeah, but I mean a dark 11 versus a light negative four. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. You feel better at a dark 11 than a <laughs> light negative four. I suppose. Well, you know we talk about what's happening now, but. We can already look forward. There's some schedules coming out and things of that nature, including the Thursday night schedule and the Kakana schedule in general. It starts May 5th with a practice day, and then we're there for the Tundra Race on May 12th. Uh, and then I believe there's a pit party the following week. You I saw that. Yeah, yeah. Do we know anything about that? I don't know anything about that, but I'm thinking with the changeover to Danny and Ginger, it might have been one of their new ideas that they brought to the table um, and bringing in a concert slash car show to get some hype going for the new race season so i'm i'm anxious to see what that's all about and uh yeah we would definitely be interested in participating to help promote it yeah it could be a lot of fun a lot of fun yeah and then uh we open up uh, the week after that on thursday night right before before memorial Memorial day Day, yep maybe a a live podcast on that uh, pit party night oh we could maybe do that one yeah stream it on youtube or something like that and that might be a, that could be an idea. Right. There is a YouTube channel out there with some racing videos on it. I've heard of a guy that puts up some YouTube videos every once in a while. I think he sells a whole season DVD package as yeah. well. Uh, maybe. Yeah, Dan Strong. There you go. Eighty-five. Yeah. Right. What is Who's your, that guy? What is your YouTube though? Uh, it's something different. Yeah, really weird. I'm changing that over the off season, so don't I, worry about that. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm we'll worried that, about it now. We'll get that changed. Look right now. We'll get that changed for uh, uh, next podcast. Okay, sounds good. Um, Just search WIR and then yeah. put in a random date. Uh, we had a race last year and Fox a bunch River of videos will pull up, and yeah. then you can just pounce from one to the other. So. Yeah, you'll yep. find them on there. Um, red, white, and blue dates set. The typical June, July, August. Um, if you're a fan of super late model racing, you're going to get some good racing in August because the Dixieland's on the 7th, and then the blue race is on the 9th. You're looking at me like, man, that's going to be a lot of laughs for one super late model over a three-day stretch. Yeah, um, we kind of had some ideas in the off season about maybe not racing that Thursday, but it didn't play out that direction. So um, just the way it falls with the dates, um, yeah, there's going to be historically the Bruce Miller Memorial Race is the Thursday before the Dixieland. Mm-hmm. And then um, you have the Dixieland 250 on Tuesday and then turn right around and run the blue race on thursday um yeah i i would anticipate most guys that are going to run the tuesday race are still going to come on thursday i don't think there's going to be an issue there it's just it creates a little bit of um a hustle to get your car back turned around if something does happen on tuesday night so like last year let's say um take Stralka for example he got tangled up in the qualifying race and the body got tore off or Kendall who had the engine mishap and they ran back and got the other car mm-hmm. um you you stretch guys a little thin um not to mention you know we could have very easily rained that thing out last Tuesday or last year on Tuesday on the Dixieland and then, raced and then we would have raced Wednesday yeah. you know so add that element in there um yeah it'll be interesting it's but fun for me it's yeah, <laughs> yeah. Especially getting that Tuesday off, I can just come and hang out, and then just be poised and ready to go for Thursday. But on the flip side, maybe we can, uh, maybe we can, you know, get some of these out of town guys to race Tuesday and stay overnight Wednesday, and that'd be kind of neat. Wouldn't come it? for the red, white, and blue. Who knows? Come for the blue maybe race. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's only three days, and 
maybe we could i mean the thursday schedule right now is tentative so maybe we could have a mid-season party on wednesday night and i gotta say this is when are we gonna work on the car yeah we just wednesday talked. night at the track <laughs> oh geez here we go we just talked about maybe bubba <laughs> pollard coming up for the dixieland why didn't you just stay two extra days yeah perfect yeah, there you go yeah. plus i mean i know somebody knows about staying overnight at the track so yeah there, there are a couple guys who might be able to do that <laughs> kyle quella's got an air mattress uh, that wasn't even an air mattress. That was just a zero G chair that he yeah. slept in. He claims he didn't even get any sleep in. Uh-huh. He was, he's asleep uh-huh. for like 15 minutes. <laughs> oh, he he took a little nap. <laughs> We've got videographic evidence of that. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think the schedule shapes up kind of nicely. Uh, obviously, that's going to be a real challenging time for you guys. But uh, for the fans, it's going to be a good couple days there. So yeah, yeah, we'll see how it shakes out, and then of course. Um, you know, you're seeing all the other touring series starting to come out with schedules. Uh, from a personal standpoint, Tundra schedule's almost done. Um, boy, you wouldn't believe the acrobatics <laughs> of doing a schedule for six races when you're also trying to work with the tour and uh, the four UMA tracks. But we have this very nice uh, spreadsheet uh, amongst us and the four UMA tracks plus the tour dates. I did see it, of Jerry. I'll be all the, together. Did you see that? Of all the dates, and here's who's running this date, and now... Some way, somehow, we all found ways to not step on each other's toes. So if you ever say, why aren't you promoters working together? Why do you do Oh, believe me, we work together. It's not as easy as uh, as we'd like it to be, but uh, we've, we've tried our hardest this year. So it's going to be pretty good. No, I'm glad you brought that up because I think sometimes that is the perception. Like, why did they plan a Madison Triple Crown race the day after the Red Race? Why didn't they do it this day? Yeah. There's because, so many other yeah, tracks in the Because series. you have to do it sometimes. Yes, Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah. you know, there's just days that we just had to do it. It's either we do that or we don't race. And if it rain, if any of our races rain out this year, oh, goodness. <laughs> oh, goodness. This is going to be a fun year yeah. is what you're telling me. Oh, goodness. Not why, don't to you mention, do, why don't you do what you do in baseball? When they have the schedule, it's all filled out. If it rains out, then you just got to do a doubleheader. Doubleheader. You know, so uh, we'll race I, in the morning at Marshfield and then yeah. head over to Wausau for the night race. <laughs> I, had, I had half joked that uh, what we were going to do this year is just do what the Summer Hell Tour does, only just do it in a week. Six races, six days, and be done. Are you familiar with the Summer Hell Tour? I am not. So Enlighten me, please. The Summer Hell Tour is run by uh, Dirt Car, uh, UMP, which is the same sanctioning uh, as the World of Outlaws. And what they do is they run, gosh, somewhere around like 24 races in 28 days uh, around Illinois. They come up into Wisconsin, Ohio, Nebraska, and they just go, 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 go every single day. Okay, I'm a fan of racing, but... 28 days, no, I, I've yeah. got a job to think about. It is the summer uh, hell tour, but, I mean, they pay well for those guys. So um, I suppose I think, for those guys that uh, make their living doing yeah. racing at local tracks, it's a good way to do it. Bobby but. Pierce has done pretty well for himself the last couple of years. Yep. I think he's won the last two or three hell tour championships, but kind of neat. I'd love to go and, like, follow it if I could, but, yeah. You know. There's now you know why. called a job. Yeah, no, yeah, now you know why some of those guys have the big toter homes. Where at the sleeper and the shower yeah, and everything, it's for yeah. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. When when a guy pulls into Kakana who just races every Thursday night with one, you're kind of like, do you, yeah. you just really need that all that for just running here? But that's that's why what they're made for. Oh yeah, yeah, especially when those UST MTS guys came here last year for that spring through Wisconsin. You should have seen some of the stuff they were using. It was pretty <laughs> incredible. But uh, yeah, like you said, they need it. I mean, they sleep in it, they travel. 
some guys just fly everywhere and they let the guy drive the truck. You know, it's uh, it's like real racing, man. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. It is. Yeah, it, it really is. Speaking of uh, Triple Crown and all that sort of stuff, there's another one coming out this year. A three-part series that just got started last year, technically, if you consider the one race. The uh, Triple Crown Pavement Pounder. Oh, yep. Yes. Yeah, for the WIR yes. for the uh, mods. Yeah, that's going to be good. Looking forward to that. Uh, obviously, the mods were a pretty big success uh, when they came and joined us back in August this year. And the club kind of decided, okay, let's work with this. Let's move this on. So I believe those are going to be the weeks after the red, white, correct. and blue, correct? Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah, hats off to Joe Vertigan for putting that together last year as kind of an exhibition. Let's yeah. see how this goes. Um, big success, and now it's uh, evolved into kind of its own triple crown, red, white, and blue, whatever you want to call it type series um, where we're going to see these guys back here um, and gals once a month. Um, they put on a really good show last year, I believe, uh, Steenburgen yep. ended up winning. Jeff. Jeff, so I'm sure he'll be back. And what do we have, about 15 of them last year? Uh, I think we ended up with 17 of them. 17, yeah. okay. So yep. enough for two good heat races and then a feature. Um, so we should have all of that next year, especially if it's going to be a three-race series with decent payout and you know potentially a point fund depending right. on sponsorship. Yeah, give them a, a little deal. something, a little carrot at the end. And I, I did see that Brazen Bennett now apparently has one of these. So and Corey Kempkis and does Corey too. And Corey Kempkis does too. Okay, well you might well, see them running double duty. Yeah. There, yep. And uh, not only that, but fans are also going to get an opportunity to see some other visiting classes this year, including the outlaw late models or the quarter mile late models are going to be back for a few races as well. I don't know if they necessarily figured out how many. I think it's anywhere from about five to seven they were talking yep, about. Yep, you're exactly right. So they're going to they're gonna look at the schedule and um, put them in, but you're probably going to see them at least once a month, if not more. Yeah, so you're going to get quarter mile late models you're going to get sport mods you're going to get of course all the other divisions should be a pretty good year now andy i gotta ask you dan maybe you can get in on this too <laughs> i seem like i'm a little bit out of the loop right now what are we hearing about guys moving up moving classes change cars what do we know yeah what do you know dan does dan Spill know the beans i don't know, I know dan's, <laughs> in, dan's in good really in good with the uh, lake park crew i know Strauka's went and got did he get a new car this year I think he did. Yeah. I'm, I'm fairly certain he did. So. Yeah, Brent uh, Brent made a deal, and they bought Steve Apel's old car. Oh, that's right. So yeah. he will be in a Pathfinder next year yep. at WIR. And Apel went to the uh, Fury chassis. Apel went to the Fury chassis, and I don't know if we'll see him next year. I know he's come up in the past for, um, obviously, he's a prior red, white, and blue champion, but he also won two Tundra openers. Uh, one. Kokona? He set fast time for one in, okay. uh, this year. He's run his first one. Yep. as well with that, so. What other ones you got? The only thing that Come I know on. of right now. Yeah. Have I, we have I, we heard about Dylan Wenzel, friend of the podcast? Do we know what he's I doing? I mean, yet? there was a uh, uh, post on Facebook <laughs> a couple months ago. Looks like a late model, but I'm not sure That's about what that I'm one. Hearing too. Are we are we sure on that one? Do we want to confirm? Also heard the name Mickey Shelley associated with that purchase. So yeah, hmm. Dylan uh, and Mickey worked out something with Mickey's old car, which is Brandon Conrad's old okay. late model car. Now, Dylan hasn't quite decided, am I putting this together as a late model, as a super late? Uh, I don't really think he wants to put it together as a quarter mile late model because he's already got the super stock, um, which isn't really that much different if they're mm -hmm. running the same track. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what Dilly decides. I think he changes um, 
depending on his mood every couple weeks, which direction he wants to go with stuff. Just run both. Yeah, just run both, Dylan. Yeah, do come double on, duty. Dylan. Come on. I buddy. know you listen to this, so just run yeah. both. <laughs> you can do both. If there's anybody that can handle it, I think it's Dylan Wenzel. <laughs> now, the other ones I throw out there that I've heard, um, Brandon Reichenberger's car sold, um, yep. and that was purchased by Tim Sartorius. Okay, um, I so think I believe Dave I heard Sartorius, that. former driver in the Superstock class. Um, they haven't quite committed or decided where they're going to run yet. I think some of that depends on funds, sponsorship, availability. Um, I know Tim has been uh, a promoter of Plover in the past, so you might see them race okay. You know the five, six races at Plover and then do some stuff at Kakana, um, however that might work out. So um, We did lose a car with Brandon hanging it up, but kind of gained one right back with mm-hmm. who it got sold to as well. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that pans out. Um, yeah, I feel like it's almost maybe a little too early in the off season yet to really kind of get the rumor mill going. And there's a couple yeah. things, but I don't think there's anything no concrete. Too, too certain. I've right been yet. asked a couple times at, uh, how I feel that we're going to have, like, 30 super lates next year. And I always question the people who say that, like, where are you coming up with 30? And it's always this time of year. Well, this person's coming, and this person's coming, and and Grant Greasebox is going to come every week from Slinger, and it's like mm. we'll believe it when we see yeah. it in May. Who's yeah. actually here? And usually, what happens is we gain three or four cars, but we also lose a couple cars, right. and but we th- end up right at back between the twenty-two to twenty-five. But that's still a very good car very count. Healthy car yeah, count, still yeah. a very healthy car count that we're seeing here every week. And if you folks don't believe it you can go check out some of the tracks of the south and and see what those guys are dealing with every week it's unfortunately nowhere near what we get around here no. so we're we're kind of spoiled and i i think we take it for granted sometimes but there like matt said there's other tracks around the country that are racing against the same five or six cars every week and our fast dash is their whole field right right um so no, it should be interesting. Uh, Tim Springstrow, we've seen him run a little bit last year mm-hmm. at the Supers, so he'll be full-time. And I Did someone say that Tara was going to be running late models next year? I, I think believe that's I the heard. Hope with Tim's old uh, yes. limited late model car, late model car. Um, so there's another name. Yeah, we'll there we go. Some divisions. Uh, now let me ask you this. Uh, coming up here, what is it? Well, we're here on Wednesday, so that means tomorrow the delayed rules meetings coming up. Am I correct? Yep, so the quarter-mile divisions had their meetings two weeks ago. Super Stocks, Four Cylinders, I think Figure 8 did their own thing. Um, Tomorrow night we have the Super Late Model and Late Model Rules meetings um, over at Lake Park. Um, I don't really anticipate any huge changes. There might be more in the Late Model class than the Super Late class. Um, I think with the direction some of the things have gone with the other series like the tour you alluded to i think we're kind of pretty much set where we have our rules now that um i think the biggest topic of discussion is probably going to be that new body Mm -hmm. tomorrow night that uh, everybody wants to talk about what we might do with that um but other than that i don't really foresee much of anything changing at kakana which is a good thing because the cheapest thing to race is what we all have yeah i I mean i can't foresee much either we at tundra didn't change much it's just uh, kind of business as usual i think maybe the big thing that we're going to end up changing is the tire which you guys are already on the 35s and 45s and uh, i don't really see that being too much of an issue unfortunately it became an issue last year when the 80s came back in but now the 80s are back out it sounds like everybody should be on the same tire again this year yeah and i heard even norway too norway's been one that's been a proponent of 40s and 50s because they're running one new tire a week 
Um, sounds like they're going to go to the 35s and 45s. And Does that do mean we're going to see an Andy Monday return to Norway? Two, two or three new tires, like every other week, they got some kind of tire bank going on. But okay. No, um, since you brought it up, I'd love to get back to Norway. Yeah, you always it's, do well uh, up there. It's a great track to race at. It's a fun environment. It's only two hours away. It takes just as long to get there than it does Madison or the Dells. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's always fun racing up there. It's just a different crowd of people and harass johnny osterman and bruce white i kind of feel like when you go up to norway you go back in time a little bit <laughs> just the, the grandstand there and the sound system everything just kind of feels like it's something maybe out of like the 70s or 80s uh in the best way possible <laughs> i don't really try to mean that as a dig at norway i really do mean that in the best way possible it's kind of like a little throwback to the days of racing it feels good to just go up there and sit in the stands and enjoy yourself yeah and that's what it is it's about going up there having fun and everybody's just kind of more relaxed i think sometimes around here things get a little intense or cutthroat and there's just everybody's out to have a good time and you know you got anywhere from brand new cars to bruce white hasn't mm. put a body on that car in 20 years but yet he can still put it in the <laughs> dash once in a true, while yeah. and it's just that's the way it is so it's it's fun yeah and uh if memory serves me right, and if this is still applicable, you bring your own beer in, in your own cooler. Yes. Yeah, they can't sell beer there. It's uh, one of their county or state regulations. So Yeah, so you pay you, your 8 yep. or 10 bucks to get in the stands, and you can bring your little Playmate cooler with you. Yeah, bring all the beer up. you want. Wow. Oh, yeah. Sit and have a good I, time. I've never been up there, so Dan, be interesting to, to go. going to have to make a trip, Dan. I have to. going to have to make a trip. Definitely. Did Tundra go up there? Uh, we went up there a few years ago, and we were kind of kicking around talking uh, talking with them a little bit this year. But uh, unfortunately, like I said, schedule was just so tight. We wanted to add seventh races, things like that. We just couldn't couldn't find a spot for it. So never rule it out, but unfortunately not in 2018. Yeah, and their schedule kind of correlates with Kakana's. They run Memorial Day to Labor Day pretty much every Friday night. You know, they have a couple specials with the State Line Challenge mm-hmm. and uh, their auto value, which is right. like their red, white, and blue. So, um, no, it's it's, uh, it's a cool place, and a lot of those cars come down here too once in a while for some specials. We've seen them in the past, yep. and even Joey Proncher Band, you know, came to some Tundra races mm-hmm. and good people up there. Yeah. Knives. Jordan Knives. Yeah, Jordan Knives. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, always a good time if you can make Norway, it up to Norway. Norway, yeah. as they call it. Yep. <laughs> the Norwegians. You go up there to visit the Norwegians. That's what I was told. But, um, yeah, well, I don't know. Not too much else going on here throughout the off season. Andy, you got anything else? No, I think people are kind of wondering how often are we going to do these off-season podcasts yeah. and what are we going to do. And I think right around Valentine's Day maybe we could see each other again. You got a present for January. Dan? Or? I got a present for both of you. <laughs> Love you both equally. Now, we'll try to keep everybody updated as much as we can and uh, what's going on with the club and upcoming things um, within. It's just uh, that time of the year where there's not a whole lot going on. You're going to see probably more people uh, getting involved in the shop and starting to get things Mm -hmm. rolling for 2018 as the calendar turns and the holidays are in the mirror, um, get things revved up for next year. So I'm looking forward to it. Obviously, we had a, a pretty successful year last year, so we don't anticipate a ton of changes with our program but at the same time we know if we don't change anything everybody else is going to improve their game right. so we got to step it up too and, and work on some different things um, yeah. just to get better for next year trying to think so jvo probably was the last back-to-back champion but it's been a little while since he's done that right i would have to look but yeah i would say jvo and, and then maybe before that might have been rothy about 10 years ago yeah rothy did the back-to-backs uh the year the two years before i started there so that would have been 06 and 07 
And then JVO won in 08. Uh, there was a couple of little stints where he went back to back. I know Baldry broke up one. Lowell broke up one. And of Rod course, had one. I think that was before Rothy, though. Yeah. 2005, Yeah, that would have been before that. And then, of course, Lowell, then you after JVO. So, uh, or Lowell, JVO, you. So, yeah, they're kind of breaking things up now. It, are we going to get to that point where it's like <laughs> it's impossible to go back to back? The last back to back was 2014, 2015. Okay. Lowell Bennett. Lowell Bennett. Okay. Dan looked it up. He's got us yep. on the spot. There we go. No, I anticipated another tough field next year, and I, I would almost be willing to predict you might see another first-time champion next year, whether that's uh, a Bobby Kendall or if a Maxwell Schultz decides to come every week, he was strong. Or even at the end of the year with how well Kyle Kelmus ran. Um, you know, he continues to make the dash. Mm-hmm. He can stay out of trouble and run good. What um, about a 47 car? Do we know who's going to be in that 47 <laughs> car this year? Matt Kenseth. Hey, that, he doesn't have anywhere else to exactly. race, right? That's yeah, another one. He wanted else. a good ride. That's a good ride. That's another one that's spreading like wildfire. So I think everybody's fairly certain that Travis Sauter is not going to be back in that car. But the question is, who's going to be in that car? Um, I, I it's not heard, Steve Apel because that's then the rumor that's been that floating one. around I everywhere. Had, yeah, I'd heard Dalton Zier. I also had that one uh, told me that that's not the case. And uh, you can't put Casey Johnson in there because he's working with Beal again yeah, next Casey year. Yeah, Casey Johnson's going to be teammates with John Beal. So. Here's the other little nugget I'll just throw in there. Don't forget that we have team driving allowed at Kakana. Okay, that's Did, true. Is there now? So there's yeah, team yep. driving as of two years ago. So as long as okay. they're using the same car, you could see a situation too where someone tries to team drive. Is it a deal like Tundra where it's just two drivers or can you do more than two drivers? Two drivers and it has to be the same car. Okay. So you can't do, uh, well, I'm going to team up with Ty because he's here for the red, white, and blue and just use his points. Gotcha. Can't do it like that. Um, but yeah, there's another option out there. So like Dan mentioned, if Casey Johnson wanted to race it but can't make it every week, leaves the door open for maybe there's other weeks they would put someone else in that car. And, and we're just sitting here speculating. Yeah, why not? It's fun to do. It's, you know, it's a cold <laughs> day in December. There's not much else to do as far as racing is concerned. But, yeah, we'll have to keep our finger on the pulse. What on I'm excited one. to see is our late model class. Are we going to see Bernhagen, Rodewald, return and refuel up their duel from last year. Yeah. Um, I'm sure Bernhagen, if he's coming, is itching after how that ended last year. I'd have to say that was probably one of the best recent years of late model racing that we've had. We've had some good ones, but this one in particular was really good. You had a lot of different guys that could win the championship, a lot of different winners, and not a lot of incidents throughout the year either. I thought it was, you know, a very very entertaining year. In late yeah, models. the only w- other ones in that class I can think of in recent history are probably um, Efforts and Stralka, or even when you go back a little bit further to like Duco and Chris Kelly. Mm-hmm. You know, that uh, came down to the wire and it was really tight where you kind of. And then had, uh, didn't Meyerhofer, was it Meyerhofer and Stralka that came down to the Meyerhofer wire? Meyerhofer and, and Stralka, yeah. the year that Stralka won it. Right. Uh, what was that, two years ago, three years ago, something like that? Yeah. Three years ago, because two years ago he moved up to the Supers. So, Yeah, there have been some pretty pretty good battles in that particular division. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see what their car cone is like, like we alluded to before. If you got guys like Tim Springstrow and Corey Manders <laughs> potentially moving up, um, you know, Brazen, if he comes back full-time mm-hmm. or does some part-time in the dirt thing. Um, 
could that car count be down a little bit from where it is in years past? I'm not sure. Yeah, it's tough to tell. You know, quite honestly, coming into this year, I thought it was going to be down. It looked like all indicators were that there were some drivers moving on, moving away, but the car counts were actually up this year. So, yeah, it's kind of hard to tell at this point. Yep, it is January, December, going to be January by the time you hear this probably. But, yeah, a lot of things can change. We could uh, get some new people in that are that are interested in getting out there. And um, hopefully, like you said, if we lose two or three cars, maybe we can get two or three rookies and we're right back to where we were. Yeah. All right, gents, what do you say? Should we wrap it up? And, oh, by the way, before we do, I just want to send a big thanks to Craig Krieger here at the, cross, the X bar, the cross bar, I always called it. But it's the X bar for letting us come in here and uh, do some recording. Great place. Uh, let's see. What do they got for specials? Today is Wednesday. We missed out on the free pizza and darts. How are you at darts anyway? Um, adequate. Is adequate? That, adequate. Is that good enough? Is so that... when we're done here, if we throw down on uh, the yeah. old uh, Zap thir- 301. If I'm not aiming me? for the bullseye, I can usually hit it. Are you a cricket player? <laughs> yeah. Uh, usually like 301, 401, 501. Uh, that's my game. But, uh, yeah, Thursday night's 150 pint beer. Friday, four for ten bombs. Good stuff. Yeah, so if you heard all that background noise during the podcast and you're wondering what is going on, there's a pretty uh, vigorous game of pool going on over there. What is there, about six bucks on the bar over there? Yeah. Up for grabs. So well, It's like a little mini pool tournament here on a Wednesday night. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, big thanks to Craig and uh, folks here at the X-Bar. Nice little Absolutely. establishment. Third Street in Kakana. Right down the road from Automotive Supply. Yep. And cross over to Bridge and hang a right. Come and check it out. Well, guys, great to see you again. Uh, before we leave, Happy New Year. Enjoy your 2018. Dan, what's your tw- 2018 resolution? Let's hear it right now. Lose more weight. Okay. Really, that's original. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. Probably make it to all of the tracks. At least asphalt tracks in Wisconsin. Okay, you do know that if you're just running around like WIR, some of the weight can fall off of you. Oh, I know. As oh yeah, know, as yep. indicated by our piece of lead. <laughs> I, I'm wondering if that's going to still be there when we make it for the first uh, Thursday I'll night. I'll bet it's there. I'll More than likely, there. yeah. You yeah. could go find out right now, but I'm sure it's minus oh. four in that little coffin up yeah, there. No. Yeah, and it might be very difficult to get up that hill with all the snow, too. <laughs> uh, Andy, your 2018 resolution. Oh, boy. Racing or otherwise? Kind of put me on the spot, but if I were to think of one right now, I would say try to talk to in person or call more people than I've texted in the past. Kind Mm. of overuse the text with everybody, and I want to try to force myself to get away away from that. Just kind of be more personable and talk to more people. That's good. That's a good one. That's me. That's good. you. Boy, I don't know. I just put myself on the spot here. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Maybe I need to. <laughs> More beer? Less beer. Probably less beer. I should probably <laughs> give up the soda, too, or, or at least not drink as much. Uh, I still love Sundrop, but, man, stuff's got to hold on me. Cherry Lemon Sundrop, Darboy oh. Corner Store. Big renovation. I think they're still going to have room for it, though. Yeah? Well, good for Patty. They're doing well over there, Patty yeah. and Larry, are folks at Darboy. So, um, all right. Well, don't forget, if you want to find out more information about the Fox River Racing Club, a couple of places you can do that. FRRCRacing.net is the website. You can just type in Fox River Racing Club in your search box on Facebook. Or you can ask us questions on Twitter. I'm at Matt Panier. A Monday 10. And uh, Dan Strong 95. 
All right, hit us up. Let us know what's going on. We will catch you folks a little bit later on this offseason. Make sure you stay tuned. Find out more. Till then, happy new year and stay out of trouble. <laughs>